Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Hello and welcome to the Keep the Cup podcast, a proud member of the PitcherList Podcast Network. I'm Chad Young, joined as always by Pete Ball. You can find us on Twitter at Keep or Cut. That's cut with a K. You can find Pete at Pete B Baseball. You can find me at Chad Young. That is, of course, assuming Twitter is functioning by the time this episode goes out. Nobody knows what to expect, but uh, yeah. Did you uh, did you get shut down on Twitter by that rate limiting whatever nonsense was happening? No, but I've had something else going on. Like my wife and I and one of my friends and I like to like send tweets back and forth, like, you know, share tweet and you send a link and it it has stopped working ever since the rate limits went in. Like you send a tweet and it says something wrong happened and it's because it's happening with two different people, both back and forth for all three of us. Like I feel like it's happening to everybody. So yeah, Twitter just sucks now, which is too bad. Yeah, no, they also are in, so, you know, auto new Slack, sharing tweets is a, a regular way of sharing highlights, news, whatever. And they don't like, they used to show up in Slack and they would expand. Same thing in Discord, right? They'd expand yep. out so you could see what the tweet was. And now it's just copy pasting a link. And people are like, well, I don't want to click through a link. And so we've taken to screenshotting the tweets, which That's just makes us all worse for Twitter because now nobody's clicking through at all. But good, Just dumb, dumb yeah. stuff. Except, and it doesn't work for videos. Obviously, you can't screenshot a video. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So you get you get all get these screenshots, <sighs> and you get a link where someone's like, "This is a video." Sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> anyways, uh, we are here for episode one hundred and six of the Keeper Cup Podcast, a proud member of the Pitcherlist Podcast Network. As a reminder, you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can leave us ratings and reviews. We greatly appreciate that. And because it's episode 106, we got to talk about Jersey number six. And, uh, you know, a little bit like we're, you know, we, we last week we, we talked about, about Pujols and ended up moving down the list and, and giving Lou Boudreaux some, some recognition. But uh, another Cardinal for this one, Stan Musial is like, that's number six to me. Um, Al Kaline also up there and, and deserving of some recognition. And then there's just, there's just nobody else in their class. Yeah, yeah I would agree. I'm, I'm going through the list right now. And, you know, I just, I command F for Red Sox and Rico Petroselli is, uh, is the one there. So <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now Stan usual works for me. Yeah. 
There's Cleveland's got a few players on here, but it was like Jim Tomey, who is, you know, been number 25 for as long as I can remember. Like he wore number six when he came up for the first time in 1991, uh, but only for that year. Uh, Larry Doby, who is a, a personal favorite of mine, a guy who I think deserves more credit than he gets. We will talk about him in about eight weeks. We'll talk about him, but he wore number six apparently for one season, which I did not know. Not even like his first season. I don't know what I don't know what's up with that. I'm gonna have to go see if there's a story behind that. But yeah, Stan the Man, this is your episode. Wore the jersey well, number for 22 years, put up 128.6 war. Here's uh, a good one. That's a career. This is yeah. this is a guy who like I'll always have a soft spot for because it was right when I started playing fantasy. It was his like rookie season. Dan Ugla. Oh yeah, power hitting second baseman. I think he found his way to his to the Braves later. He had like a two or three year peak though of uh, some some pretty good pop. Yeah, he definitely did. He's not Stan Musial, but no, no, he, definitely not. <laughs> he is he is a guy. I, I'm with you though. And in, in in he he was a a key figure because that was also at the time where like you were getting pop from your second baseman and it was just like a bonus. Oh yeah, it was you out of control. You weren't getting power from second base, so that's a that was a nice little nice little thing. So. Another good guy to get a shout out, much deserved. Today's episode, we're going to do a couple of things. We're going to start off sort of picking up where we left off last week. So last week, we started talking about trade value by looking at what kind of trades have been happening for players that we thought were sort of interesting. Today, we're going to continue that. We got four players I want to look at. And Pete, if you've got others you want to throw in, we can we can throw them in as well. But for these four, here's what, what these guys have in common. So Four names are Royce Lewis, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, and Brandon Woodruff. And what these guys all have in common for me is uh, I have multiple of these guys on rosters where I am trying to contend and they're not doing me any good. And it's not super clear when they're going to start doing me much good again. And so they're guys that I'm I'm now thinking I, I've got to think about trading away and seeing if I can recoup some value. And last week when we talked about this, and maybe this is sort of the place to start here. Last week we talked about this, Aaron Judge was sort of the impetus for the conversation. And we had an interesting debate, you know, conversation about like, what do you do with him? It, you know, we don't know when he's going to be back. We don't know what's going on. And we we found a couple of trades going on out there in the auto new universe where he was getting traded for some big bats. And you and I both sort of agreed like, hey, if you can trade Judge for sort of a top bat, even an expensive one, go do it. And between when we recorded that and when it aired, and then again after it aired until now, I have taken my two Aaron Judges across my auto new teams, and I've traded them both. So I'm going to start off by telling you those trades, Pete, and I'd love to get your reactions to them. The first one is, this is one we actually, we directly talked about this on the show last week. I was saying in that food and travel league that I had Judge that I, I, I am barely hanging on to a, a shot at the top three in that league, and I needed to do something to improve. And we were like, well, Judge, you know, if you could move Judge for a guy like Vlad, that would be huge. Get, get Vlad, would, will hopefully be a big second half for him. And sure enough, I reached out to the guy who had a $51 Vlad. He and I had been talking about Vlad. We hadn't been getting anywhere. If you remember, I told you he had said he wants a singular sort of big up, you know, long-term piece rather than a, a bunch of parts. 
And so I was like, all right, you want a singular guy? What about a $56 Aaron Judge? He was like, yeah, I'm in. And so I swapped Vlad for Judge, or swapped Judge for Vlad. Uh, I made a second trade after that because I still needed to upgrade my outfield. And so I traded away Brett Beatty, Evan Carter, and Colton Kowser for Nick Cassianos, TJ Friedel, and Bailey Ober. I also need pitching in that league. Uh, prices on those guys, just so there's some context. $6 Beatty, $3 Carter, and $2 Kowser for a $21 Casty, $2 Friedel, and $1 Bailey Ober. So that combination of deals, to me, I, I feel pretty good about how that netted out for me. I, I, I traded away four guys who were doing nothing for me and got a much needed boost at first base and util, two new outfielders that I can rely on, and a, a, a Bailey Ober. I mean, I think Bailey Ober at $1 is a, a keeper. Yeah, Bailey over at one dollar is definitely a keeper. I want to start with the Judge one um, because whenever you're contending and you trade away a piece with Aaron Judge, I, I think you want to keep in mind two things. Number one is, well, really, it's two things that relate to what are the worst. What's the worst case scenario here? And the worst case scenario is you trade away Aaron Judge and you find out the next day he's two weeks away from you know starting a rehab or something. And the two things I would want to do to make sure that worst case scenario I'm safe from that would be trade him to a team that's not contending, and you did that. And number two, get back a piece that like will still make me feel fine because I, I don't want people to misinterpret. I think Aaron Judge is a is the best pure hitter in baseball, probably, and the second best player in fantasy, and I have him ranked higher than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But with that said, there's nobody that's been playing fantasy for a long time that would be shocked that even if Aaron Judge came back fully healthy, if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just simply had a better second half. Like it would not be out of this world. Aaron Judge has been out of this world for a year and a couple of months now. But don't forget, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as early as last year was getting drafted ahead of Aaron Judge. So like it's right. not out of this world. It's not inconceivable to think that even Judge healthy, Vlad could still put up a few better months. And you've protected yourself from both of those things. You've protected yourself from Judge coming back healthy for a contender. And you protected yourself from Judge coming back healthy, and they're just be him just being so much better than the return that you got. Because I think Vlad can be just as good. Yeah, especially this is also it's a four by four league, and so the you know ten to fifteen stolen bases you're thinking you're going to get from Judge over the course of a season. We had sixteen last year, only had three so far this year. So maybe that maybe ten's a little maybe seven to ten, but whatever it is you're expecting to get from Judge you're not losing that. There's no harm in the fact that Vlad doesn't get that. And so the gap between Vlad and Judge is a little bit, a little bit smaller. It's still, it's still sizable. I still think, you know, if, if, if Vlad or if Judge comes back tomorrow, uh, it'll hurt. Uh, I, you know, this isn't like, eh, I don't really care, but I think you're right that I did everything I could to sort of hedge that as best I can. Yeah, without a doubt. The other one I, I, I like, you gave up a lot. Um, a six dollar Beatty that could be a sneaky cut, I, and I, I'm not out on Brett Beatty, but he's going to be eight bucks. And if you're penny pinching, uh, come cut time, like he, he could be a guy you're like, all right, you know what? Maybe worst case scenario, he gets put up for auction late, and I have to pay ten to get him back. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna keep for eight. I know you wouldn't do that, but I, that that could be a decision you make. Kowser is is the wild card there, and I think if they didn't sign Aaron Hicks, then I I wouldn't want to do that trade. But not only did they, I can't believe we're saying this right now. This is crazy. They, the Baltimore Orioles signed Aaron Hicks, and he has turned into Mickey Mantle 
And so I think that has obviously delayed Kowser. Like Kowser and Westberg, it was like, who's going to get called up first? Westberg's been up for, what, over a week now? Uh, X-rays came back negative, though. Apparently he got hurt. He's, he's going to be all right. And and we're still now waiting on Kowser. And, and like you, I'm a big fan of Evan Carter, but the Rangers are playing out of this world. So it may actually be a little bit longer until we see those two. And so you had pieces that weren't doing anything for you. You were able to move them to get something that's going to help you right here and right now. And I do like all of those pieces individually. Over at $1, I agree. He's a keep. He's going to help you pitching right now. And uh, Castellanos is is bouncing back here. It hasn't been talked about a lot on this show, but uh, he's he's looked awesome. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that trade. Yeah, I feel pretty good about that. So in the other league where I had Judge, um, I've got working on an article. So uh, Jake Mailat who is another one of the Fangraphs writers who covers Adonu, is in League 32 with me. And he and I made this judge trade. And so we're, we're writing it up a little bit to explain it sort of from both of our perspectives. But I gave up a $53 judge, a $2 Josh Lowe, and a $1 Tarek Skubal. I got back $48 Corey Seager, $16 Lord Scurriel Jr., and $11 Reed Detmers. And so that one, it started with us talking about, we talked about Lowe and Scooble and a couple other guys on my team. We were talking about Guriel and Detmers or Hap and Clark Schmidt, guys like that on his team. And then all of a sudden he was like, well, maybe we should talk about Judge. And I was like, well, I'm sort of interested in Seeger. And we, he was like, boy, I don't know if Seeger is, you know, I don't know if Judge is enough for Seeger, which I, I get where he was coming from with that. And I was like, well, you know, you had offered up this two for two of Lowe and Scooball for Guriel and Detmers. And I sort of felt like that wasn't quite working for me. So if that doesn't quite work for me, the other one doesn't quite work for you. What if we just sort of put them together? And he was like, yeah, that makes sense. And so that's, that's sort of how that deal came together. But what do you think about that? I mean, Seeger, obviously the main get for judge there, but then I also got, uh, I guess you could say I got an outfielder to replace him. I mean, Guriel has to now replace Judge, or has to replace Lowe, really, more than Judge. Detmers versus Scooble. I'm not really sure what to make of that, but what are your thoughts? Well, Detmers' last five starts, he has been just as good as any pitcher in Major League Baseball. I mean, he has been disgusting. I, I don't know what he's unlocked. I haven't read into it too much. I know that he, uh, in my favorite league, he was dropped. A manager just had had enough, and he decided he's going to adopt another strategy, rely more on middle relief pitchers to go for the um, to go for the ratios. It is a head-to-head league, and I scooped up Detmers, and I, like I don't want to jinx the guy. I'm going to knock on wood right now, but he is nasty. I mean, the other I, this is so anecdotal, but he walked someone on a really, like, ticky tacky fourth ball and he got visibly pissed like like scherzer level mad because his pitch count was up there he's going to get taken out he struck out the next three batters i was like whoa like so something's going on here with reed detmer so i love that part of the trade for you and then hey all-star lord escuriel jr before you say he can't replace aaron judge don't forget that he is an all-star um i i yeah, he, he could be solid. If you needed pitching, I think this trade was absolutely huge for you. I know it's tough to give up Josh Lowe. I'm a fan as well, but there's no question in my mind this year you got better. Like, hey, Shohei Otani's going to win MVP. Right now, I think second place would be Corey Seager. So we said that Vlad could replace Judge in like a crazy world where everything goes right. Corey Seager easily could as well. Um, so well, I, think, I, I like that deal as well. The, the other thing going on here, so I made another deal. I also traded away Evan Carter in this league um, along with 
uh, Edwin Arroyo, who was in a my five. We have a five minor league player thing going on. But I traded mm-hmm. away the two of them to get a forty one dollar George Springer, and so you know that league now. Like my outfield is Castellanos, Springer, Brian Reynolds, Kyle Schwarber, and then I've got a combination of like T.J. Friedel, Luke Rayleigh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., and Jack Sawinski. That are ba- oh, I have Luis Robert in that league as well. So those guys are all like <laughs> you just snuck I, in really there. What, really, what I have is that that list of names I gave before Robert are are basically my my util bats. Like they're rotating in util depending on who's available and stuff like that. Whereas the rest of these guys are um, my my regular outfielders. So you know, I feel pretty good about that. At middle infield, I'd been rolling out Andres Jimenez. And then some combination of Willie Adamas, Jeremy Pena, and uh, Itzhak Paredes. And so Paredes and, and has been good. Like, very, very happy with him. Andres Jimenez has been, like, his overall line on the year is not very good right now, but he has been quietly awesome for a while now. Uh, people are missing the resurgence on Andres Jimenez. They should be paying attention. If you could trade for him, I would, I would go get him right now because uh, his last, like, trying to think like if you put this in just put it in in auto new terms which i know won't apply to everyone but too bad deal with it uh his last 30 days in auto new he's putting up 5.43 points per game um which is is excellent from a guy that is second base and shortstop eligible he's been even better 5.97 over the last 15 days so he, he has taken off which i i i felt like it was happening I wanted, I believed in it. I've kept him in my lineup. That's been great. But like Adamus has not been good. He's bouncing back a little bit, but still not too much. Um, Jeremy Pena has not been good. Paredes, so you know, Paredes and Jimenez have been it. Corey Seager is a huge, huge upgrade and anchor to that group. And so this is one where actually like, if Judge were healthy, I could see a world where I probably don't do the rest of this deal in that case. I probably think about just doing judge for Seeger, but I could make a case that my team, given the outfield I have, benefits from Seeger more than it would have from a healthy judge. Yeah, I mean, I think there's very few rosters or players you could have named where Corey Seeger wouldn't have been an upgrade. Um, but yeah. when you cite players who have underperformed, even though some of them might be hot right now, I mean, that that is a massive upgrade. And <clears throat> I mean... It's hard to say that like it's breaking even, right? Because in a perfect world, Judge is healthy, and I do, I do obviously have Judge above sure. Seager. But again, I, I bring it back to your Vlad trade. I'm a big Vlad guy. I think it's sort of the same thing. You've you've hedged your bets here, in that you know what? Even if Judge does come back healthy, I have a player who could be just as good. Yeah. So let's start taking a look at some of these other players that I wanted to talk about. I want to start with Royce Lewis. So Lewis is out now for. Six weeks, I think they said, with an oblique strain. Uh, It's a grade two left oblique strain around six weeks. So we're talking about, you know, mid-August. And if it lingers or if they decide to just take it easy with him, which is also a possibility given his injury history, um, it it could be a while. You also run into a situation with the Twins where, like, that division is such a mess. If the Twins get hot without him, they could could put this division away with, like, a two-week hot streak. And if they do that, then they have every incentive to let you know let him really rest up and heal. So I'm pretty concerned that he's going to be out for a while. So here are some trades 
relatively recent with him. Now, it's worth noting that a lot of these are going to predate the injury. So we're going to have to sort of adjust for that. But here you've got uh, Royce Lewis. This was just yesterday. Um, today we're recording, by the way, on July 3rd. So yesterday was Sunday the 2nd. So this this trade yesterday was after Lewis was hurt. And it's got another injured player involved. So a $3 Royce Lewis, a $23 Shane McClanahan, and a $2 Jordan Westberg traded for $1 Brandon Drury, who also got hurt now, a $1 Andrew Chafin, and a $3 Bailey Ober. And like, I don't get this trade at all. I don't understand. Like, I'm looking at this right now. I'm like, I do not understand why a team would accept Drury, Chafin, and Ober for Lewis McClanahan and Westberg. Injuries uh, aside. Yeah, like, I, th- this trade is not even close. Yeah. I, I just like, if you're going to sell on Lewis because he's hurt, if you're going to move McClanahan because you want somebody healthy now, like, you can do better than a $3 over for McClanahan. You can do better than Drury, who, like I said, is hurt anyways, for Royce Lewis. And then Chafin and Westberg are part of this. Like, I, this is not a. I, w- not I never a veto trades, but like. And I still wouldn't probably, but this is this is where I start to think like, okay, no, I understand why someone would would veto that trade. Yeah, this is a weird league though, because I'm looking at this league now, and there are two teams that have not scored any points. There are four teams with less than five thousand points, which is like nothing at this point, and then there are six teams with nine thousand or more points. So I kind of wonder if there's something weird going on in this league, and. Maybe we should maybe we should ignore that trade for a moment. <laughs> Let's look at what other trades have happened with Royce Lewis. So here's one. Here you go. This is this is more interesting. Six dollar Royce Lewis, five dollar Luis Matos, and two dollar Ricky Tiedemann for a twenty eight dollar Austin Riley. Oh, ah. Uh. Uh, I know Tiedemann's been dealing with injury pretty much all season. He's only thrown a handful of innings. Um, I don't know. Because uh, that Austin Riley, $28, he's a keeper next year. Yeah. So I'm not doing that trade. I, if I'm the Riley guy, I'm holding on to Riley. Yeah, I, I think I probably would too. Um, I could understand being out of it. Like, I can understand why you're shopping Riley there, even though he's a keeper. Like, take advantage of, of you can, you can take advantage of a guy's keeper value in a trade that to me though, feels like for a $35 Riley, a $40 Riley, it starts to feel like, okay, you got three good, interesting pieces back, Mm. but boy, it feels a little light. Um, Luis Matos has also really cooled down since, uh, that, that hot start. Yeah. So here's another one. This was on June 30th. So I'm not actually sure if this was before or after Lewis went on the IL. I think before. No, it must have been after. It must have been after. So this is a $1 Royce Lewis for a $3 Chris Bassett. Yeah. So a four by four where Bassett has historically had low home run per nine and has, has been struggling with that this year. So maybe this manager is hoping he's going to turn things around on that front, um, which would, would make Bassett a little bit more valuable in this format than he, than he appears to be right now. But 
what do you think about that one? Well, Bassett is also coming off, you know, maybe his one of the one of the best starts of his career. Uh, it was at 13, 14, some crazy amount of strikeouts. So, I, I mean, I guess it was a little bit of an immediate sell high. Um, I think if I'm trading away my Royce Lewis, how much did you say that Royce Lewis was? He was one dollar. Yeah, that's I think I'd want I'd want a better pitcher than Bassett because Bassett had been terrible before that outing. Uh, he had looked like the wheels were coming off. And he did not he did not he come came out of nowhere as a fantasy darling because before this, during his early time with Oakland, he was not somebody worth monitoring at all. Um and and so in a long term, I like I just want somebody one dollar Royce Lewis is that's a prized possession. I'd want something better than Bassett. Yeah, this is interesting because like there haven't been a ton of trades yet, and so there's not a lot to, to sort of go off here. But if I have Lewis as a contender, like if I can make Lewis the centerpiece of an Austin Riley trade, especially a Riley I might be able to keep, like that makes a ton of sense and I'd act on that quickly. If the best I'm getting is sort of a a Bassett level journeyman type pitcher. Yeah, not happening. I'm I'm not feeling that at all. And so it puts you in a weird position if you if you're sitting on Lewis because it isn't super clear what you're gonna what you can get for him. And so well, let, me, let me throw this out to you, Chad. Mm-hmm. Like what what should I be expecting in return? I'm really trying hard to compete in League 13. That is a very difficult league. I I just took down that team that was 21 and 3. I beat them. I'm feeling good. And I have a $4 Royce Lewis and a $9 Vinny Pasquantino. And I'm thinking like if all else fails for me this year, those are two pieces I can build around. I would prefer to move them to get something back. But I I don't really know what I should be expecting in return. I feel like they're both very valuable pieces at their prices. Granted, it's not a $1 Royce Lewis. It's a $4, but who the heck wouldn't keep Royce Lewis for four or six bucks, whatever right. it ends up being. So what should I be expecting to be able to get in return for those two players? It's a good question. I mean, there, one of the challenges here is that if you look at the standings, you've got, you know, you've got a team that's a couple games up in first place in, in one of the divisions, my team is a couple games up in first place in the division that you and I are both in. There's another team that's four games up in the other division. So you've got sort of three division leaders, none of whom are like running away with it, but they are, they're also the three, like they're also the highest scoring teams in their divisions. Like they, they're, they're pretty clear favorites in all three divisions, which leaves then your three wild card spots. One of which that team, the, the Joe Musgrove on has basically claimed already. I mean, they're, they're 19 and seven. They have the second best record in the league. It would be very hard for three teams to pass them. But then there are, let's see, one, two, like, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's not that close. Maybe it's just you and the speedsters or the other two teams. Like, those are the only teams over 500. And then there's a big gap back to an 11 and 15 team. So maybe it's, maybe the playoffs he, at he some level are, are set. That's true. You know, 12 and 14, but even that is three games behind you. Yeah. So now he's also scored 300 more points than you in the season. And so maybe he he feels like he can get back into it. That was uh. so I think my point total is I, I tried to stay as active as I could early, early in the season. But when the school year is going on, Otnu is really hard for me to, yeah, to keep up with. And so I, I think I started behind the eight ball and the total point. Cause I've been looking at them like, how the hell is my team? 
that far back, but I, I was not as active. And there was at one point where, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but if you have too many players in your roster, did none of your points count for that day? No, it shouldn't count none of your points. You just can't set your lineups or anything. Anybody you have in okay. your lineups. Okay. That actually makes me feel so much better. I thought that happened to me. But anyway, yeah, I, there were a few days at least where I had a lot of points on the bench. I had starters on the bench. I didn't maximize yeah. my nine starts. So That makes sense. But I think regardless, you could look at that and say, okay, there's, there's you know, three division leaders and four teams-ish fighting for three playoff spots. So if you assume that tall glass of annoying Brad's hand, who has already been selling, and Platano Power, and then TLR's retirement project, if you assume those, was that four teams, are ready to sell, one of the challenges is they don't all have a ton of stuff they can yeah. sell. And <laughs> so like, you know, Brad's hand is in a situation where he is barely able to feel the roster at this point. Yeah. And so like he's got Soto, Acuña, Tatis, but he has historically kept those high-priced guys and just built around them. And so I don't expect that he's likely to trade them. Which means you're looking at like, would he trade a Brandon Nimmo for twelve dollars? Maybe, but he's going to have a high, a high re- return. He's going to expect that. Um, you could probably get Eugenio Suarez off him, but I don't know if you want Gross. that. Like, there just aren't a lot of great options on his roster to pick up. Um, I've already targeted Carlos Rodon from him and Tyler Glasnow from Platano Power, and mm-hmm. Pasquantino was basically not enough with other pieces to land either. And I don't know if I would want to move Pasquantino and um, Royce Lewis for like just, just one of those pieces. So I'm, I'm really, really on the fence about it. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough league to trade into because it's a lot of, it's a lot of sharp managers and, you know, we're, we've been trying to shop some guys as well to, to get a couple upgrades. We could really use another first baseman. Um, although Votto has turned into a star for us, so maybe we're okay oh with him. Oh my God, he's been unreal. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I that That's a tough one. I mean, I, I think you may be in a position where you have to decide not so much can would you do you know, those two just for glass now, but like, would you do those two for glass now and Justin Turner? Right. Get a second piece back and and find a way to build out the deal a little bit bigger so you can justify giving up both of those guys. Um, that may be sort of the path you have to take. And at some level, like that's that is often the best path to take is to say, like, look, I know that these two guys are the two guys you want. And I know that they're like, I feel like they're an overpay for the one guy I want. But like, let's figure out how to build a larger deal where I get enough back to justify it. Hmm. Be a good way to go about it. So with that, before we get into the other tradable players we want to talk about, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. The next guy whose trade value I want to talk about is Brandon Woodruff. I've got Woodruff in a couple of places. I've got him in uh, in League 13 that we were just talking about it. Um, I had him previously in League 32, which is the, the one where I was just talking about my judge for Seeger trade. And I already traded him there. We talked about this trade a couple of weeks ago. I'll just remind you, I traded Woodruff straight up, $27 Woodruff for a $28 Kyle Schwarber. At the time, I felt sort of like, ah, Woodruff is supposed to be back soon. But 
we thought Woodruff was going to be back by like the end of June. Now it feels like, I don't know, like he's, he's not even throwing right now. He's having a little bit of a setback. It's certainly not going to be mid July. It's not going to be the all-star break, like late July, maybe August. And then you start worrying about this lingering. And at what point do the brewers like, I mean, they are, they are tied for first in their division right now. But the way the Reds are playing, you've got to wonder how long the Brewers can hang with them. And, you know, if all of a sudden this lingers on into like mid-August and they're not hanging around, at some point they just shut them down, right? And, and so I have now hit a point where with Woodruff, I'm just like, it's time. I, I can't, I can't keep waiting on him because I need production now on these teams. And so looking at recent trades for Woodruff, I just mentioned the one I made. I traded him for Kyle Schwarber straight up uh, with similar salaries. Here's another one that was sort of mid-June, maybe three weeks ago-ish, a little less. Uh, this is a $18 Woodruff, an $11 Luis Robert, a $6 Andy Rodriguez, and an $8 Brandon Fott. So it's an interesting combination of guys being moved because... That Woodruff and that Robert are very nice prices. Endy is fun, but that's an expensive Endy. Fought looks terrible. Um, <laughs> I know, like He's I know, he probably won't awful. be terrible forever, but he looks terrible. He could be, um, yeah. But they got back a thirty-nine dollar Rafael Devers, a thirty-five dollar Trey Turner, twenty-nine dollar Eloy Jimenez, and four dollar Mitch Garver. So. You know, those, I mean, a very, very different looking trade than me swapping Woodruff for Schwarber straight up, obviously. Right. But, but if you look at this, I mean, there, there's not there's not a sort of a pitcher for pitcher thing happening here, but they gave up basically a very good cheap pitcher who they can't use. Luis Robert, a, a super talented underpriced outfielder who is just playing out of his mind right now. And a couple of expensive prospects and got back, you know, an elite third baseman endeavors, a what you hope to be an elite shortstop in Trey Turner, a an outfielder in Jimenez who can put up some really great weeks. <laughs> we'll see see how long he can put it together. Weeks. Let's take it one day at a time. Yeah. <laughs> and Mitch Garver, who's actually been quite good. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that one? Um, I, I, I love the idea of cashing in and getting the star power. I mean, clearly you're, you're buying, right? So bringing in Devers and bringing in Trey Turner, you're, you're that, that's like the, the return you kind of want here. If you're trading away those cheap pieces, especially someone as hot as Luis Robert. So, I mean, I think it's, I think it's fine. I would prefer if I had Woodruff and I was selling, I just want to, I kind of want what you got with Schwarber, right? I want to get out from it. And I want to get something back that I can use that's that's decent. Rather than also giving up Robert and right. Endy and getting it makes sense. So here's another Especially one. This is an interesting from Robert to Eloy is just that's just pain. Like I, I've talked yeah. about on the show before. I don't want to go down that road again. Yeah. So here's another one. This is another smaller one. This is a $15 Woodruff. Goodness, where are all these cheap Woodruffs coming from? For $8 Lars Newtbar, $1 Luis Matos. That guy's getting traded everywhere, huh? And a $5 Junior Caminero. So 
This one's sort of interesting because like that doesn't feel like a I'm buying to continue to contend. So let me get out from Woodruff and bring in pieces to help me now trade. I'd be curious if the date on that is before the setback, because that may have been someone yesterday. Oh, that and that's bizarre, because if I'm trying to contend, I'm, I'm, I'm trading those young guys for someone who's actually probably going to pitch this year. I mean, I didn't say this before, but, you know, you, you said this could turn into a thing where Woodruff gets shut down. I, I think it absolutely could turn into a thing where Woodruff gets shut down, because remember his comments when this first started? He was basically like, hey, you know, and I'm putting words in his mouth, but it was essentially like, hey, this is how I make money and I'm not going to mess around with this. And I'm going to very much take my time with my rehab and everything I need to do to get it back on the mound. And I'm not going to pitch again until I'm 100%. So the fact that it's, you know, it's now July and he had a setback, I don't think that bodes well for Brandon Woodruff's 2020 three outlook and it's weird to bring that up in this particular trade because clearly this person i i I don't know what this trade is all about the the, the team that acquired woodruff the team that acquired woodruff is in third place the team giving him up is in seventh that's so so the 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 team giving up woodruff is in seventh. are they just i guess premature sellers because seventh doesn't feel like it's that far out no, but depending on what's going on in the league, like seventh could be far enough that you really don't have a realistic shot. Yeah. And at that and point, if I you're think contending, like, you might take that trade, especially if you need outfield help. Yeah. Newtbar is not a bad pickup. And you get a couple of guys in Matos and Caminero who maybe you spin off if you're contending and like, just like, yeah. okay, fine, I'll do this now. And then in a week, I'll trade those two guys for a pitcher who's half of what Brandon Woodruff is, but at least is something. Sure. But for the other team, I mean, the third place, like, I will say this, like if, if I'm in the top three spot and I'm contending, I am not acquiring Brandon Woodruff right now. No. Unless it's like he's a free agent and I can pick him up. <laughs> I don't need the money. Because I think you're right. I think like he isn't like I don't I don't want to make this sound like this is not intended as a negative comment. He is not a guy who's going to rush himself back on the mound just for the sake of being out there. Right. And, and I think like that is both because I think as a competitor, he wants to make sure he's healthy and ready and able to contribute. And because, as you said, this is his livelihood, right? And he's coming up on an opportunity to make money, make real late money. too. Yeah, late. Yeah. yeah he's so early think, 30s already. Right. So he wants to be healthy, ready to go. Yeah, and I, if it was just Matos and Caminero, because a five dollar Caminero, I, I know he's he's moving up boards this year. That's still kind of expensive for a prospect, and a one dollar Luis Matos, like fine, I, it's good. I'd I'd rather have it than not. If it was that for Woodruff, I'd understand it more. But Newbar's a piece. He could have got more for for this year for Lars Newbar. Yeah, it just that's yeah, it, that hurts for for this year. I think like if you're in third, you've given up Newbar, and you may get nothing back this year. Yeah, and I think that's. That's really a challenge. So while we're talking about Brandon Woodruff, as we've been doing for the last couple of weeks in the show, we're going to talk about the Underdog Fantasy 7th Inning Stretch Tournament. This is a second half draft and hold best ball. Is Brandon Woodruff on your draft list at all? Uh, you know, I, I was about to say no, but yeah. there's an overall component. And $30,000 mm-hmm. is a lot of money. And That's so right. if 
it, uh, he's going to be available. I'm, I'm going to guess he's going to be available in the very last rounds, right? And so if you feel like I've built a rotation, I can rely on that, like, you know, and there's no rotation you can rely on, really. But if you feel really strongly about it, and, and, and most weeks, all weeks, you're going to have stats that count, you're not going to have any dead spots, then yeah, sure, I'll take Woodruff, why not? Yeah, I, interestingly, I actually almost feel the opposite. To me, it's it's not if I have a rotation I feel really strongly about. It's more if I'm like, boy, my rotation is really iffy and there's a chance it's going to fall apart completely. Then I might be like, you know what? I'm throwing Woodruff into the mix and like, let's see if I just, you know, everything comes up aces for me. Maybe it does, right? Maybe everything falls into place and I feel I end up with like just an absolute stacked rotation because Woodruff is my fifth starter, sixth starter, whatever. Like, that's awesome. But I, I, in general, I, I think the overall component is where it gets interesting, right? It's just $7 to enter. If you go on right now and enter our code PITCHERLIST, all one word, you get a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. You put in 100 bucks, you get an extra 100 It's just $7 to enter. So you can also make a handful of entries here. And that gives you an opportunity to like build one where you're a little more conservative, build the team you're excited about. Another one where you you go a little more aggressive and say, "Hey, I'm I'm taking guys like Woodruff. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can, you know, break into the top of that that overall." So, yeah, I I might in those situ- situations, but in general, again, I think we talked about this a little last week. Those those injured players, like you could be out of this tournament in a few weeks if and those guys might not even be back yet. So be cautious if you're gonna take Woodruff. Only take him where you understand fully that you're 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 making a risk. And if you lose your seven bucks, you lose your seven bucks. But know that that's what you're know that's what you're planning on. As a reminder, you must be 18 or over, 19 or over in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 and over in Massachusetts and Arizona. You also must be present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, you can call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, you can call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, you can call 1-800-889-9789. After that, let's get back into our, our guys that you might want to trade for. And we're going to talk about a couple of Reds pitchers. Hunter Green. So this is the latest update. And this is a few days ago now, almost a week ago now, was that the Reds are, quote, not counting on Green to return from the 15-day IL before August. Wow. So there's no official timeline on it. But anytime you hear that, like, they're not sure if he's going to be back by August, then it means, like, yeah, he could be back by August or he could not be back until the end of August or maybe he won't be back at all and... I, the Reds are, you know, they're in a, a weird situation because they're playing so well that on the one hand, you could be like, look, they're playing as well as they are. They're getting the pitching they need. It's not enough. They need more, but like they shouldn't rush these guys back. And, and when I say these guys, it's Green and Lodolo because like those guys are their future, right? I mean, you look at next year with like, Abbott and Green and Lodolo at the front of that rotation. And it it could be it, there's a lot of potential there. And that's Exciting. that's really where their mind should be with those guys. But they got a shot right now. And Lodolo, by the way, they also aren't expecting him back until at least August. So if you have either of those guys, if you have either Lodolo or Green, you've got to be thinking about what to do with them. 
because you can't count on production from them. And so again, if you're looking to trade them, here are some some recent Hunter Green trades. $5 Hunter Green for a $48 Trey Turner. A $5 Hunter Green for a $49 Garrett Cole. Both of those trades happened on June 30th, just a couple days ago, right after that update came out. Are those deals you're making if you're a contender? If I can get Garrett Cole, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to pass on Hunter Green because right before the injury, I mean, it looked like it, it was happening, right? I mean, he was becoming it. He was missing bats. Everything under the hood looked good. The velocity was perfect. And then he goes down with a hip injury. Um, what was the first one? Trey Turner. Yeah. I I mean, I, I guess that depends on need, right? I mean, if, if you're in the thick of it and you just lost your Royce Lewis or, or whatever, then sure. I mean, go get arguably the best shortstop in baseball, but just a straight swap for Garrett Cole. If you're just thinking like, look, this, this isn't going to happen for Hunter Green this year. I waited as long as I could. I'm looking to win this year. It's tough to get better than, than Garrett Cole. Is it four by four? That one is fan graph points. Okay, good. Then yeah, I'm 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 all in on that that trade from a from a buyer's perspective. Um from the seller's Le- perspective, heck yeah. Yeah. From then Lodolo, here's the most recent trade for him in a Fangraphs points league is a five dollar Lodolo, a fifteen dollar Jonathan India, a three dollar Evan Carter, and a four dollar Andrew Abbott Oof. for a forty nine dollar Rafael Devers, Rafael Devers, and a twenty dollar Randy Arozarena. Okay, I hated it at first for the buyer because I I love Rafi. He's awesome, and he got gypped from the All Star game. But he's a he's a cut at fifty one bucks when he gets those two dollars um, with inflation. But a twenty dollar Randy Rosarena. I mean, real quick, Chad, where's Randy Rosarena going to go in twelve team drafts and five by five next year? Second round. Boy, he might if he keeps up what he's been doing. And he's twenty bucks. I mean, that that's not bad. But what a haul! For the seller, that is that's a lot of good pieces right there. So love that trade for both sides. At least you're getting something to keep if you're the buyer because you're going to hold on to that Rosarana for a while. Right now, looking at Lodolo, um, another Lodolo deal. I mean, here this is a this is a also Fangraphs points, a head to head Fangraphs points. This was on June 27th, so right around the same time we got again got word that you know Lodolo it's going to be at least August sometime. This is a $4 $4 Lodolo and a $9 Jonathan India. Everybody's trading Lodolo with India. They're sending <laughs> the red the thing. message here. <laughs> and Abbott in the last one. Yeah. And Abbott in the last one. Yeah, that's true. Um, they got back a $7 Devin Williams and a $2 Diego Cartaya. Yeah. That's an interesting one. What's the format again? It's a head-to-head Fangraphs points. I so Williams, know. I mean, like good relievers are valuable in that format. So Williams... Like I get the value there. In some ways, this feels like it started. Like if I'm pro- projecting how it was negotiated, I could see a conversation about like India for Williams and the team with Williams being like, eh, I think I need something a little more, and then settling on Lodolo being too much, and so Cartaya goes back to balance things out. Sure, but this is an interesting one because I don't like both of these teams have improved themselves, I would think. I'm going to double check their rosters real quick. So the team acquiring India, well, they're in eighth place, but their second base situation, they have a Jorge Polanco who's hurt. And then I, they have Marcus Simeon. 
at $18. Goodness, $18 Marcus Simeon. Wow. Yeah, how do you have that? Um, yeah, I don't know why. But then I, you know, their middle, their, their shortstops right now are Carlos Correa, who hasn't been good, Paul DeJong, who you can't count on, Michael Garcia, who has not been good in this format. So if you figure Simeon's been their shortstop, then India is a pretty nice upgrade at, you, at second base for them. But again, they're they're in eighth place, and so this might be more about sort of building around Simeon and India in the middle infield for next year, plus adding Lodolo. The team that re- acquired Williams, boy, this team is in fifth place. Um, they have a middle infield situation. Bryson Stott, Orlando Arcia, Tim Anderson. They also have Bobby Witt Jr., but it looks like Bobby Witt Jr. might be involved in a trade for that team right now. Um, this I'm not really sure I fully understand this deal. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. But oh, this is interesting. So that team has already spun off Cartaya with Bobby Witt Jr. at $16, Jeffrey Springs at $3, and Jose Brios at 9 for a $10 Jack Flaherty, a $12 Teoscar Hernandez, and a $9 Tommy Edmond. Uh, there's there's a lot of moving parts there, but I, I don't I I'm not really sure I see what the big picture is for that team. No, and 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 to go back to that original trade, I just I, you know what I'm going to say about catchers and especially catcher prospects. I, I know somebody yeah. in the in the keeper cut listener Ot New League was trying to trade me Diego Cartaya, and like I I get it, but I feel like there was there was almost as much hype about a recent Dodgers catcher as well, and Kybert Ruiz, and like he has not come to fruition. And that's not to say that Diego Cartaya is going to go the same way. Cartaya, I should say, I, it's just catchers. Uh, long-term formats, I I just have no interest. Yeah. So I think that's I think that makes sense. And I, I think where, where this comes down to for me with with Green and Lodolo is either one of those guys, if I'm going to trade them, and if I'm contending, I am I am happy to trade those guys. Oh, okay. Um, Hold on. I'm gonna ask you something in a second then. Okay. Well, what I was gonna say is I if I've got green, um, I think you're right. Like if I got green, I want I want an ace. I want a Garrett Cole or I want, I, you know, I think Turner is a fine pickup there because I think Turner's going to have a big second half. But like, that's what I want. I want a guy who is, you know, top of the draft value, even if they're not a keeper right now. Lodolo, I think you have to set your sights a little lower. Yeah, you do. And I'm okay with that, but I still want like a very good pitcher, a very good bat. Someone who's going to immediately impact my team in a positive way. Yeah, look, I mean, it, Lodolo is the opposite of what I said about Green a few minutes ago. That he right before his injury, I mean, he was lost. He looked like a disaster, and and nobody feels that way. Like, I mean, if somebody goes into trade negotiations with you and says, "Hey, look, Nick Lodolo had an ERA of five and a half or whatever," like you you know to ignore that. Um, I'm not saying you have to sell him as a five and a half ERA pitcher, but I think if you are selling, you should expect, like you just said, to get more for. Hunter Green, who is the exact pitcher I want from you in Keeper Cut Listener League 2. And I have a lot of pieces to give. So, I mean, I'm not saying we need to have a a live on the air trade uh, of Hunter Green to me for, I at this point, don't even care. To be honest with you, I have too many pitcher keepers, but I think when a player like Hunter Green becomes available, you have to kind of make room. So uh, if you think there is a deal to be had, I would gladly hear you out on uh, Mr. Hunter Green. I just don't know what your needs are for that particular league. 
That league, so this is our head-to-head league, and it's a little bit of a weird one because like, my team is in fourth place. I don't think it is a particularly good fourth place team, but we have two divisions, and my division is the bad division, <laughs> and so <laughs> I am in first place in my division, which means I have a, a pretty good shot to make the playoffs. However, I am only one game up in my division. And I believe if I fall behind that team and fall to fifth place, six teams make the division or make the playoffs. And it becomes sort of a wild card situation after the two division winners. And so I'm in a, a bit of a, a, I'm in danger of falling out of a playoff spot. So on the one hand, you'd be like, oh, well, you should go out and, and you know, go, go acquire some guys, go get ready. Yeah. Um, my team isn't very good. Like, I think it's great. <laughs> Here, let, let me tell you what, who I have on that roster, and then you tell me how great you think it is. So my catchers, it's two-catcher league. I have Tyler Stevenson, who I still like long-term, and I have Nick Fortes, who mm-hmm. you talked me into, and I blame <laughs> you for him being on my team. <laughs> I don't remember that. That was some other show. <laughs> my, <laughs> my first baseman is Nathaniel Lowe who's been fine, but he's nothing special. Yeah, I have Andre Jimenez at second base, who, as you know, I feel very good about. Um, my The rest of my middle infield is Xander Bogarts, who has not been his usual self. Great night tonight, is, though. He, oh, good. I haven't even seen that yet. Um, Ezekiel Tovar, who has been... He's, he's showing all the right signs, but it isn't fully coming together yet. And Tyro Estrada, who is now hurt. And has a broken hand, and uh, I, I don't know how. I don't know what his timeline is. Yeah, um, I do have Mookie Betts, who I can move into the middle to middle infield spot. But I've needed him in the outfield because my outfield isn't that good. I have Betts, Hap, Estiuri Ruiz, who I really don't value that highly in this format because it's uh, one category. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Joey Weimer, Lars Newtbar. Will Benson and Brian Reynolds. Now Reynolds, I should be that. that I'm, I'm happy with. <laughs> should been um, higher up on the list there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I feel sort of good about Benson, maybe. But like, there's a lot of question marks there. I also have Zach Nito. Neto. Neto. Is it Neto? I or always Nito? get it wrong. I don't know. It's going to be like the lows oh. for me. I have Zach, and I yeah, like him exactly. a lot. But he's hurt, and it's unclear when he's going to be back. He's just playing catch. So I've got a ridiculous. I have a update. lot of questions in my lineup. A lot of questions in my lineup. Then my rotation is Tanner Bybee and Logan Allen. Logan Allen got sent down. I traded Zach Wheeler to get Bybee and Allen. I like both of them fine. Luis Castillo and Zach Gallen are truly my my aces. Andrew Abbott has been great. Griffin Canning's been good lately. Hunter Green is hurt. Ryan Nelson and Ranger Suarez are plugging along for me. And I have Tyler Wells. And then I've got, like I said, Green is hurt. Green is in my lineup today because the only pitcher I have on my bench is Logan Allen, who's in the minors. Wake him up. I have Lodolo, Tristan McKenzie, and Liam Hendricks all on the IL. Um, I don't have a reliever in my lineup. So I am, I am, I am straight up punting saves because with Hendricks hurt, I started cutting my relievers because they weren't doing that well. And finally, I ended up, you, you, you can go pick up Scott McGough because I cut him. Because I decided having one closer was didn't make any sense. I should just get the extra innings. Mm. 
So it's so what are my needs? Like I need a bullpen. I need reliable starting pitching, and I need significant upgrades in my offense in multiple positions. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a uh, weird situation where, like, I don't really know what I want to do there. Um, I didn't even mention, by the way, I, I didn't mention my corner infield situation at all. I have Luke Rayleigh as a corner infielder, and I've got uh, Brett Baby as my third baseman. Yeah. Yeah, that's not great. I mean, I, so uh, you know how I am. I'm like, if you give me a chance, I'm going to go for it. And so I see you in first place, and I'm like, all right, maybe Hunter Green's available. Going through the roster, like, yeah. I mean, I, I wish I was in your division, to be honest. I've had terrible <laughs> luck with this with this team. I talk about it all the time, so I'm not going to run through all the, the crap luck I've had. But um, if you decided to, like, I, I think a fair package for Hunter Green could involve Julio Urias, who I think would actually be an interesting addition to this conversation about trade candidates because – especially in long-term leagues. He's only 26 years old. He's back-to-back seasons of pitching like a million innings and winning 20 games, and he, he's been awesome. Um, I, I could start with him. If you wanted a closer, Jordan Romano leads baseball and saves. I don't know how much one closer does for you, but you can start to build a bullpen. Uh, and then I've got names that I feel comfortable moving that could upgrade your offense, like Justin Turner, who's been really hot. I, I know you have Nick Fortes, so hell, even maybe Cal Raleigh could be an interesting addition there. And I would not be opposed to Yoshida who might even be a keeper. So I could do like a Yoshida and Urias type package. So you don't get to respond to that right now. You know, I'll slide that across the table to you. You can look at it, slide it back when you uh, have some feelings for it, but I'm very into Hunter green. I would make room in my pitcher keeper. I, I have, so I have a trade offer for green in my inbox right now. It's from me green. Uh, no, I think I already turned that one down. Oh, no, I have two trade offers for Hunter Green. I sent you that a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Turner and Romano for Green, you offer me. This other offer, which just came in. What time is it? This this offer came in 10 minutes ago. Wow, this is something. Uh, Gallon and Hunter Green for Scherzer, Verlander, and Tatis. Oh, damn. Uh, I'm really coming up empty here. <laughs> but but I look at this like that does like it gives me obviously it helps my pitching depth. But Gallon is better than Scherzer or Verlander. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I'm not going to say something crazy, but right. Verlander has looked much better lately. Um, and true. to his credit, so is Scherzer. I mean, you. <laughs> I I can't compete with that offer. I feel like a used car salesman now. Like, <laughs> hey, did I show you the seats reclined though on this Justin Turner? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. The other thing to keep in mind is Tatis in this league was a first round pick. Yeah, he can't be kept. So he can't be kept. So I was curious to look that up and just say like, hey, maybe he's like, maybe this was a league where he fell to the third or fourth round because he was going to be out for a few weeks and that yeah. didn't happen here. Because that would have made a big difference. Scherzer was a third round pick. There's no way I would keep him. Verlander is an eighth round pick. Probably not. Yeah. The guys I'm giving up, Gallon. Where is Gallon? Gallon's a 15th round pick. So there's oh. real big value there. Oh, that changes things a little bit. And Hunter Green is a 26th round pick. So I think one of the things I need to do, I think the first thing I need to do, and maybe this is just generally good advice, is 
if you're in a situation like I'm in where I've got all of these spots I need to improve, I have a real shot to make the playoffs and like, look, once you're in, anything can happen. Right. But I think what I need to do is I need to take a little bit of time and go through my roster and figure out right now today, who would my nine keepers be? Because hmm. I look at this and like, I know Jimenez was a late pick. I still believe in him. Rayleigh is basically free. He was a free agent pickup. Um, Tyro Estrada was a late enough pick that I think he played his way into being a keeper if if I believe he's going to be healthy. Um, Neto, Nito, whatever his name is. I'm going to figure out what his name is and then I'm going to keep him. It's Zach. Because um, I believe in him long term. Uh, I think Tovar could be a keeper. Yes. Gallon for sure. Green for sure. Bybee and Allen for sure. Abbott for sure. So what I the, the point of all this is like, I need to get a sense of like, who are my keepers? And if I've got 12 of them, then who are the three I'm most willing to give up and, and just shop those guys hard? And I think I need to shop them in a situation where it's either giving up one of them for two guys or two of them for three guys or something like that so that I can get like, because I need like five, six pieces. And yeah. so I need to find a way to find like, who are my three keeper eligible guys? And I do, by the way, we have a minor league system in this league. And so like, I've got Miguel Vargas, Marco Luciano, Drew Jones, Zach Veen, and Ken Waldachuk. Waldachuk probably not going to bring back a lot in trade right now. But those other guys all still have real trade value. For sure. And so I, I probably need to shop those guys a bit more aggressively too. And I just need to figure out how am I going to get I, they don't all need to be great players. I just need like reliable guys. So yeah, I'm going to take a look at it and I'll, I will get back to you and to uh, whoever it is who made me that trade, that, that other offer. I'm not quite ready to pull the trigger on it yet. I agree. I am. Here's what I'm going to do though. I'm going to decline the trade you sent me. Sorry, Pete. Um, because you're right. That's, the other fine. deal is a better deal for me. Um, but I'm going to, I'm not quite ready to pull the trigger on that. So we'll see. But with that, let's take another quick break because we haven't taken it yet and we are almost out of time. All right. So welcome back. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we were talking a lot about you know trade value, who you would move. I, I think my, you know, Pete, I'd love to get your closing thoughts on this too. But my, my closing thoughts here are if you're trading a guy like Hunter Green, if you're trading a guy like Royce Lewis, by the way, I just realized I'm sitting in like the complete dark here and you can't even see me, can you? <laughs> no, I can, I can see you. I can see you. The sun, it's like, I feel like I'm like in the shadows. But anyways, if you're trading a guy like Hunter Green, you're trading a guy like Royce Lewis, you're trading these guys who have who have a ton of future value, uh, sort of two things on this, two angles on it. One, don't be scared to trade them if you need to improve today because the future is not promised to any of us. That includes them. You're, but you're banking on development and, and continued improvement and health and all the other things that you're banking on when you're thinking about next year with a guy like that. And I think if you have a chance to win now, like the other piece of this is if you bet on them for next year, you're not just betting on them for next year. You're betting on the rest of your team getting back into contention. If you got a team in contention right now, take advantage, make those moves, go get those guys, but make sure you're getting an impact arm, an impact back. Some, somebody who really is going to make a difference to your team even if they're not a keeper. And I think from that perspective, like given the choice between sort of like, like if I, if I need outfield help and I've got Hunter Green on my roster, I would rather trade him for a non-keepable, I don't know, Juan Soto, Acuna, 
whoever you want to say, than for a like well priced, easy to keep. I don't know, Ian Hap, Brandon Nimmo, who's another sort of middle of the pack kind of guy. Like if you're Lars Nupar, upgrade, I guess Lars Nupar, who we talked about, yeah, go get that upgrade. So those are my two sort of big takeaways: is like don't hold guys just to hold them. If you have a chance, go go shoot your shot. And when you shoot that shot, go get guys who make a difference. Yeah, I, I I would just echo that. Like, go all in on the strategy that you're going for. I know it's much easier to when you commit to selling. It's easier to go all in, right? Like, I know who my eight keeper. Like, think about that trade that you were just offered, right? You were offered Scherzer, Verlander, and Fernando Tatis Jr. for a pitcher who won't be back until August. And granted, the odds-on favorite for NL Cy Young right now, but like that's a crazy just, just return. Just over that. Also, the best pitcher in the National League, but that's just yeah. You know. <laughs> But still, like still, I mean, you're getting the guy who won the American League Cy Young just last year, two Hall of Famers and Tatis Jr. So like, like that's the kind of that, that's where your head has to be. Where like if you can get a, a super valuable piece to keep or draft picks, and, and that's something we haven't really talked about much. But in those in those leagues, obviously not your new formats in those leagues with with drafts, snake drafts, if you can get draft picks, man, go get draft picks but go all in on the strategy it's easier to do it when you're selling it's harder to do it when you're buying but like i'm ready to pull the trigger on pasquantino and royce lewis in that an ought new league 13 that we were talking about earlier i just want the right trade to come across but i'm not going to not make that trade just because I, I i'm i'm trying to be on both sides of the fence and like yeah i'm buying but i also don't want to sell pieces for the future like you got to commit man or you're not going to win although the last thing i want is to make the championship or make the semifinals in that super competitive league and then lose because there's pasquantino on my bench and i could have had peace blank for him um so go all in on the strategy you're going for don't try to play both sides yeah totally agree so again thank you all for listening we'll be back with you next week Have a good 4th of July. Enjoy the fireworks. And then, well, that's not even how this works because we're recording this on the 3rd and no one's going to hear this till the 5th. I hope you had a good 4th of July. And I hope that as you're recovering from the fireworks, the the soothing (laughs) sounds of the Keeper Cut podcast are are keeping... I hope you still have all your fingers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that too. Anyways, have a good week. We'll be back with you in a few days. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.